Hey, everybody. My husband is funny. He always listens to my podcast and supports me on his way home from work every day. And he's like, I love how you always start out your podcast with, hey, everybody. I'm like, don't make fun of me. He's like, no, that's that's what sets you apart. That's what makes your podcast yours. Like it's it's like your flagship greeting. It's cute. So I still think he's half making fun of me, but now I feel weird doing it or not doing it or anyway. Hope everybody is doing okay. I let everybody know that I'm doing a topic on how to teach young kids at home 10 tips and tricks from an elementary school educator. But I kind of wanted to start out with a bit of a an asterisk. And the asterisk at the bottom of this podcast, if it was written in a legible form, would say this. And I think this is the most important thing you can take away from this episode. Uh, just depending on how you're feeling when you're doing a mental health check-in on yourself. These are tough days that we're living in right now. Everybody is currently self-isolating to stay safe and away from the COVID-19 virus. And although many of us have great intentions and being very productive is one of those great intentions and teaching our kids as well as we can and trying to take over the school system um, and take over callings and keeping things as normal as possible for our children. Um, Those are all great intentions, but at the same time, as parents or as leaders of any organization or leaders of our own households or leaders of our own lives, um, we can often feel overwhelmed by all of the well-intended ideas and resources and maybe we just are having a bad day and we don't want to hear about any of it. Maybe we just want to curl up in bed and cry. And that's okay too. This is new. Change is hard. It's inevitable. It's the only thing we can count on is change. Ironic, but change is a constant in our lives. And as we, or I'll speak for myself, as I'm able to pray and take a step and slow down, I can gain a lot more perspective. So I truly feel in my heart that this coronavirus has affected our entire world. And I truly do feel that it has happened in order to make us slow down and stop and reflect And I really, truly believe that. And I do believe that that's why our prophet came out with a a video and keeps asking us, how do you hear him? How do you receive personal revelation? How do you hear the Savior, his voice? How do you, how do you gain insights spiritually? I think that's why he's asking us that. I have to apologize. You might hear my kids. I usually try to do my episodes in one take because I don't like editing because that means I have to get onto a computer and I like doing everything as I'm lounging in my bed because I am gravity intolerant because of my pots. Uh, So you might hear my kids running in and out of the house. I told them to go get some fresh air and stay off their electronics and now 
How much do you want to bet they're going to come in and be like, can we go play video games? How much do you want to bet? So we'll see. I'm just recording a podcast. Later, okay? You can tell me later. Unless you want to tell the whole podcast world about a funny story. It's pretty funny. Okay, come share your funny story. Okay, so Ella's not here yet. You got to talk into the microphone. But when we were going looking in our community for our shamrocks, we didn't find any. And then our grandma pulled up to the house again. And then we snuck up behind her, climbed in her car. And then she came back and we were driving and she didn't know we were there, but we were laughing so loudly. She still didn't know we were there. And then I accidentally bumped my hand and then she saw a bobbing hand that scared her so much. (laughs) What did she do? Uh, She was like, oh my goodness, are you guys supposed to be coming to my house? And then she's like, her eyes were like, she was crying and she like, it scared her so bad. And then she gave us treats for being silent. That's pretty funny. All right. Well, I appreciate that story, guys. You guys can go have a little bit of free time now. We've already done our science project. We've already done our St. Patrick's Day lunch. And now they went on a walk. I told them to go look for shamrocks in the community because uh, the city of Calgary is all banding together for people with kids. And we've all had them craft a shamrock, like a four-leaf clover, and post it up in the windows to give kids something to do. Um, so I sent them out after lunch. I said, okay, go look for shamrocks. And they didn't find any. How hard were they really looking, though? Probably not. They're probably too busy trying to trip each other and laughing at each other. I love how well they get along. Anyway, so again, I do feel like this is um, an opportunity for us to slow down and Focus on our kids, focus on our families, focus on ourselves, focus on what really matters, prioritize, find God if you haven't, Um, build a relationship with God if you haven't, strengthen your relationship with God. Everybody needs to do that, every single one of us. Um, Yeah, so on that note, I'll kind of uh, pick up the mood a little bit, and I will talk about what I was going to talk about, which is how to teach your kids... Uh, from home, 10 tips and tricks from an elementary education expert. And today, that happens to be me. Um, I was working in an elementary school. I focused on early literacy intervention techniques and strategies. I would often pull small groups of kids that were uh, learning English as a second language or were struggling with um, academics in general. So I focused on that. I worked on a lot of behavioral techniques, um, especially with kindergarten kids, not to say that they're um, all uh, horribly behaved, but it's a change, just like this COVID virus is a change. It's a change. They're used to being at home with their parents all day. So all of a sudden, when they come into kindergarten, they have a lot of um, behaviors that we see that works for them at home, but it's not going to work for them in the classroom. So we have to redirect and reteach uh, so they can learn uh, appropriate behaviors in a school setting. So there's no reason why you can't use those exact same techniques that I use to reteach Uh, your children inside the classroom setting at home when you're trying to help them with 
virtual uh, schooling, which I do feel that that is the way our province is going right now. Um, I think this COVID virus is around to stay a lot longer than we anticipate, uh, potentially for the rest of the school year. So all of us are going to need to learn eventually how to teach our young kids from home and tips and tricks that will hopefully help you that you're about to hear. Um, I hope you'll be able to use them in your own lives. Uh, And if this episode doesn't have anything to do with you, then scroll past, right? Anyway, uh, so I have my 10 tricks and tips. So number one, visual schedule for the day. Um, I am huge on visual aids, whether it's in the classroom setting, in my primary room. Some of our children are non-readers. So a visual schedule, for example, I've seen a lot of them going around on social media right now. It's like at 10 o'clock, we do this. At 12 o'clock, we do this. At 1 o'clock, we do this. But there's no pictures, guys, and some of your kids don't know how to read, so I would include a picture. Maybe it's a picture of a two plus two, maybe uh, for math time, maybe it's a picture of a pencil for this is our academic time, and a picture of an apple when it's snack time, or a sandwich when it's lunchtime, just so our non-readers can also learn to read. They can see the picture, and then they can look at the word and say, oh, that says lunch, oh, that says math, oh, that says snack. Um, So visuals are helpful and kids can relate to them a lot better than words, especially those that can't read. Um, So visual, anything visual, anything at all. Um, I've done that for my girls. They can read luckily, but there was a time they didn't. So I had to do a little more graphic design back in the day or draw pictures, but they can read now. So I've made a visual schedule of every time we come back in the house. Um, This is what we do. I do have a child, Ella. I've already um, interviewed her so I can say who it is because she was comfortable and gave consent for being on this podcast. But um, yeah, Ella is learning disabled. She's got ADHD and she's very highly visual. She really benefits from seeing things, not just hearing them, seeing things. So For Ella, I have um, made a visual schedule. It's actually a good reminder for all of us too. Um, But it's a visual schedule of every time we get back in the house, if we leave the house during self-isolation, of what we are to do. We are to come in. We are to put our stuff where it belongs, at the back entrance. We are to disinfect our phones. We are to wash our hands for 20 seconds, singing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. We are then to go up right upstairs and change out of our outside clothes. Um into our home clothes and put our outside clothes at a very specific place. That's how OCD we are over here because I am immunosuppressed or immunodeficient. So we have to be careful. Um, Anyway, so that's an example of a way that you could use a visual reminder um, in your home. So you're not constantly having to nag them and nag them and nag them and helps them get into the routine. Routine is another one um, down on the list. I'm going to stay in the order I wrote them in just because then I won't get confused and my brain fog won't. So number two on my list is routine. Just like I was talking about here, I was thinking it was in a different order than it is. Kids crave structure. Adults crave structure. That's why a lot of us are having a bad day today, because it's the second day of self-isolation that's kind of been forced on us by our city. We have been told to stay home. We crave structure. We crave routine. 
So stay consistent each day for yourself and for your kids. You will both benefit from it. Um, if, like me, you have to be a little bit more flexible because of your chronic illness or the need to take rest breaks when your body feels like it, um, dig deep and accept that that is your new schedule. When you recognize your symptoms or you recognize your triggers, you have to be okay with stopping everything and saying, okay, we got to take a bit of a break. We'll reconvene when I'm ready. Um, there's a reason that I'm off work, right? So I can't be a full-time um, teacher right now. Otherwise, I'd be working. That's my job. Um, so yeah, be consistent. Number three, act excited. Your energy is contagious and bring up your voice level. You probably notice that I do that often, especially if I'm talking to kids. I'm way up here, guys. I get home from work and I have no voice left because I do. I raise my voice level because I'm talking to kids, right? And obviously, if you have teenagers, you don't have to raise your voice level, but act excited about what you're learning because it is so contagious and teachers are so, so good at that. Number four. Uh, this is a good one for if you have little, little kids or if you have kids that are kids and you are their parent, especially sometimes they don't want to listen to you. Uh, if your kids don't read, make this a visual thing. You could even put Velcro on the back so you can change it out, but it's an if then scenario. So it's a strategy. It's a behavioral strategy. So you can say, if you wash the dishes, then you can go play outside. If you work on your math for 10 minutes, then we can put on a go noodle dance break body video and have a dance party. That's going to be one of my next tips, by the way. If you do this, then you get this. If you do the work, then you get a reward. And it's going to be different for each kid. Some kids, uh, like Taya, her love language is giving sugar or treats or food. The weight of that girl's heart is food. So that's how it would work with Taya. Ella, her love language right now would be the best case scenario. Um, anything other than school, mostly video games. <laughs> so with Taya, I would say if you, or Ella, I would say if you did this, then you would get 10 minutes on a video game. So it's different for everyone, right? Okay. Number five, when I said go noodle, some of you may have been like, what the heck is go noodle? Go noodle is a website. Sorry. I thought my kids were talking to me. <laughs> talking to each other. Um, Go Noodle is a website that has a bunch of dance videos meant for kids. Teachers all know exactly what this is. What we call it in the school system is a body break, or that's what I call it, a body break. Um, there are visuals you can make. Again, a picture of somebody taking, or do it with your own kids. Like visuals with their faces on it are even more effective for them. So if you have some little toddlers at home, Take a picture of them doing a cartwheel and print it out. Take a picture of them doing a jumping jack, print it out. Take a picture of them doing push-ups, print it out. Take a picture of them rubbing their tummy and patting their heads, print it out. 
And then you put them all in a circle on a piece of paper and you glue them. And in the middle, you say, choose three or choose two and do them for 10 seconds each. And then every 15 minutes, adults and children alike, we need a body break. So adults, um, hopefully your professors <laughs> uh, that are teaching you if you're in university know this, but unfortunately a lot don't, especially in the lecture setting. But uh, we need body breaks. So pump your blood, move your body, pump your arms, um, clench, do some isometric clenching exercises for your muscles, even if you have to sit still. We need that because our brain needs the oxygen. And it really does increase our memory and it increases our learning capacity. So um, give your kids body breaks and be understanding that that's okay. And plan that into your schedule in your mind, even if you don't write it down on the visual um, schedule of your day. So move bodies. It is so important. That's why schools um, are really sad when we have to do indoor recesses because we can't always let them all run around like uh, they need to do because we don't have the space um, when we don't have a huge field inside our, uh, inside our gymnasiums that fits the entire school, right? Number six, praise the good and I'm going to add a little addendum onto that that says, at first, ignore the bad. At first. So praise the good. Everybody, adults and kids alike, uh, they like to hear what they've done right. Adults love compliments. That's such a great icebreaker, especially if it's genuine. Um, talk about themselves. You know what I mean? That's adults. Kids, praise what they're doing well. They need the confidence. They need to know that you approve of what they're doing. That's all they want in life. They just want to know that you approve and that they're doing a good job in your eyes. That's all they want. It's really that simple. Um, and when I say ignore the bad, uh, at first, especially if it's your kid, like I said, they don't always want to do what you want them to do, especially if this goes into virtual learning from home. Um, they're going to try to push your buttons as your parent, as a parent. But in that setting, things need to be very different. You need to say and joke with the kids about it. Be like, okay, I'm taking off my mom hat and I'm now putting on my teacher hat. So now you can still call me mom, but I'm going to act like your teacher. Okay? So we don't do these things during our school time. We don't do these things during our learning time. We don't do these things during our academic time. Um... But they're going to try to do things to assess your reaction. They're going to try to push those buttons that they're used to pushing with you because they know how you react. But um, you have to almost take on a little bit of professionality or act like you are a real teacher. Because guess what? As parents, there's no rule book. There's no education classes where we go and get our uh, parenting degree, which honestly, I wish there was some days. But uh, we need to figure it out as we go. But teachers... Hey, there's a profession, there's a professionality that can go to that. So we can be a little bit more strict and structured and have more expectations of our kids because um, our kids, they, they can surprise you, you know, when you have those expectations and you're not hard on them and you praise them for the good. Um, they, they have a lot of capacity. Number seven, uh, this is a good strategy for behavioral kids, the ones that aren't listening well or have a hard time sitting or maybe they have some learning disabilities, um, whatever it may be. Um, 
make a sign that says stop. Make a stop sign. You could even make a green smiley face circle. Make those two visuals. You can do it for teenagers and you can do it for kindergarten kids. It works for any age um, without you having to nag. Maybe if they're teenagers, you just use the sign language sign, the universal sign for stop. And maybe for green smiley face for teenagers, you just do a thumbs up. Um, any sort of visual, whether it's on a piece of paper or sign language or whatever, right? So you're not having to waste your voice. Maybe that's something that's better for the chronically ill like me because I'm always, you can probably hear it, I had to do a Facebook Live yesterday um, for my calling in my church. And so I have no voice today. And it's just that simple for me. It, it's not talking, um, it's not singing pro for a prolonged period of time or anything like that. I just, I lose my voice singing as well. But I just have very sensitive vocal cords part of Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, I think. But, uh, so I'm always looking for visuals. But I think a lot of kids are visual learners. I know as an adult, I'm a visual learner, so is my mom. So, um, yeah, I think visuals, we're just trying to meet the child where they are. And you each know your children more than I do. So you may hear some of these um, strategies or tips or tricks, and you might think, yeah, that wouldn't work for my kid. And you know best. You do. You know your kids best. Maybe they're not a visual learner. Maybe they're a kinesthetic learner. Maybe instead of a stop sign, maybe you need to give your kid a fidget toy or a little thing to hold in their hand because they always need to be touching something. Maybe um, they're an audio learner and they need to hear you read them everything and all the instructions, right? Maybe they need that. Maybe they're an audio learner. Maybe they're visual. I've talked a lot about visual because I think that's a common one. Um, okay, number eight. Use their lingo. Oh, sorry. Use lingo. Um, use lingo that their teachers use. That's what I was trying to say. Use lingo that their teachers use. Ask your kids if you don't know. Say, hey, what does your teacher say when she wants to get your attention? Every single teacher, guys, will have something that they do, whether they ring a bell, whether they say one, two, three, and then expects the kids to say eyes on me, or whether they flicker the lights on and off, or whether they go bump, ba da dum, bump, and then expect the kids to go bump, bump. There's so many good ones. I just gave you quite a few ideas if you didn't know what I was talking about. So these are all things that they're used to hearing at school. Um, all of those ones will work on kids because I know principals that will use those to get the attention of the entire school. And at one point in their learning lives as students, they will have heard them and they'll recognize them and they know what that means. Or you clap a pattern and then you expect the um, pattern to be clapped back to you. There's just so many good ones. I know in my primary calling as primary president, if we're ever trying to get the attention of all of the primary kids, I'll say one, two, three, and all the primary kids will say, come follow me.
because our home study church supported program is called Come Follow Me. So it's appropriate because they know what Come Follow Me is. It's the it's the the home study uh, program that the church has put out, Come Follow Me. And it's a good way to get their attention. Another good uh, lingo that you could ask your kids, um, ask them the two questions. Ask them, how does your teacher get you to, um, how does she get your attention? And then how does she get you to pay attention if you're not paying attention? How does she remind you to pay attention? Um, There's lots of different programs out there. But the one that I'm most familiar with is the one that I'll share with you, and it's called active listening. So if you are needing to give some instruction or a little bit of a lecture, or if you have um, an audio learner that needs to hear, I don't even know if it's called an audio learner, auditory learner, I don't know. I'd need to Google what types of learners are there. But um, if they learn through hearing, auditory, audio, then they will need you to explain things. So in order to hear you as a teacher, obviously that happens a lot. So I use a strategy called active listening and I have visuals for this and I use them in my primary room as well when I remember to put them out or when I have kids that really, really need reminders. Um, Active listening means eyes watching, Ears, listening, body, still, voice, quiet. So the visuals of that are a child, maybe it's your child that you can take pictures of, eyes watching, a picture of your child uh, with their hands as if they're listening, for ears listening, a picture of your child with their arms folded over their lap for body still, and a picture of your child with their finger over their lips for voice quiet, like they're shushing. And that is super helpful because, again, you won't be having to nag them. You won't be having to uh, ask them over and over and over again. You could even just hold up the picture or point to the picture and just wait. Just wait. You have all day, literally. You will have all day with your kids. So just wait, right? You have all day and you can remind them, I have all day. And if they really, really aren't listening, start a timer and say, okay, you're going to owe me this time back when it comes to your recess time or your snack time or your free time. You're going to owe me this time back and during that time you're going to show me what it means to be active listening. And that sounds harsh because that's what a teacher would do. But you know what? In that setting, you're a teacher and in that setting, you do have those expectations that they can sit and listen to you, right? Okay, number nine. I kind of mentioned this one up near number one. Be flexible. For me, I have to. Sometimes for you kids, they're going to have to be flexible too. We need to keep in mind that everybody is going through something. With your kids, you'll probably know exactly what it is they're going through. With your students in a classroom, you don't always know what happened to them before they got to school or if they had breakfast or if they fought with their parents or if their parents are getting a divorce or if they fought with their siblings. You don't know, but you always kind of have to be flexible and meet them where they're at. And that's okay. Sometimes you might be having a bad day and maybe that's a day that you don't do anything as far as academics goes. You just let them have some free, quiet time to themselves. Number 10, 
last but not least, have fun. Goes along with being energetic, but have fun and they will sense it. It's great bonding, especially for right now, before the province has come out with a curriculum for virtual learning. Um, it's kind of up to you what you're doing with your kids these next couple of weeks. Maybe you do nothing academic, but you know what? I've hoped that I've given you some ideas of things that you can do that are realistic for you. And when I say have fun, do something that's fun. Maybe you enjoy nature. Take them out and teach them things in nature. This is a time for life skill development as well, guys. I truly do feel like we, some of us, have been slacking on teaching our kids certain life skills like how to wash their faces properly or how to fold your laundry the white way or whatever right um take the time and find something that you're passionate about and teach them more about that learning is learning we're constant learning learners and we've been commanded to constantly learn we crave um learning more our brain it's good for our brains right so with that, I'm losing my voice, so I'm going to stop it, and I hope you guys have a fantastic day.